When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The captain of the SEN test cricket commentary team and SEN's chief sports caller, of course, is Jared Waitley. who been just calling the pants off every ball so far this summer alongside the rest of the team. He's been good enough to jump on. And have a chat to us about what awaits Australia and Pakistan in the third test starting tomorrow. And there's a whole lot more to talk about as well. Jared, hello. Happy New Year. Sam, happy New Year to you. Uh, how long do we say that for, Jared? A week until it's <laughs> yeah. done? I think so. Yeah. And yeah, so we've moved through Merry Christmas, Seasons, Greetings, Happy mm. New Year, and then we're into the flow of things. Yeah. Should we be starting the New Year's test, as it's called, on New Year's Day as we do the boxing? It'd be like playing Boxing Day test on the 28th. Yeah, no, we, it's all. it would all be too jammed up. Is There was yep. a time where we used to do that. So it's funny what we regard as tradition. So mm. We have started the Boxing Day test on Christmas Eve previously and, and had Christmas Day off and then played Boxing Day. And we have all packed up and hustled off to, to Sydney rapidly. It progressively moved from the first to the second to the third. But I think um, this gives everybody a chance to settle uh, I didn't mind the, what, what they did with the Big Bash yesterday. They mm. obviously didn't have any luck with the weather. No. But, yeah, you, you, it's a it's still a public holiday and a big day, so you need something there. But the test would be too quick um, on the first now. We'll get to the weather in a moment, G, as <laughs> we have to with Sydney. Um, what was your summation of the second test? Pakistan were bullish that they thought they were the better team. Was there merit in that, or is that a bit like England's moral victory in the Ashes for you? I think they played well, and mm. then they got a bit carried away from that. I, I felt like there was a little bit of Kevin Sheedy to to their coach when he went to the press conference. Let's not talk about drop catches and what might have been. <laughs> Let's blame technology and say how well we played. So this is a, a country that, oh, what is it, 28 years and 16 straight losses. This is probably as well as they've played in any of their losses. And it's undeniable that they opened opportunity, mm. but it's equally undeniable that it, it slipped through their fingers literally as the, the two drop catches of Shafiq get slip and uh, and the coach, rather than getting pinned down on why on earth was he at first slip and not Baba Azam, um, blamed technology thereafter. So I thought it was classic diversion, but um, uh, honourable mention to Pakistan that they put on an excellent test match. And I, I felt like they have learned from each day's play and they have learned from test to test. And in prospect, their best chance was always going to be Sydney. So let's see them put it all together now and, and see if they can break that stretch, which will be well beyond three decades by the time they next come back to play Test cricket. Yeah, I think if he's going to stay in second slip there, Jared, I don't think you'll uh, first slip. I don't think you'll see the second slip with his hands closed all the way through that ball, travelling to first ever again, because that was almost a team drop catch uh, that turned really turned the tide of that Test. Uh, Pat Cummins. 
thought I thought for me he was the story of that first test, the ten wickets. Chuck Berry said he eats his words now, but it wasn't just his bowling, his captaincy. Um, it seemed for some reason to me that it was just it felt like a big test match for him. It was. It was a, a landmark performance for the captain, the, the equal of any batting, cap, batting captain in the past mm. who's who's made a double century to, to carry the team to victory. So, yes, the, the way that he is bowling, his tactical nous, and then probably specifically, I love Dan Bredig's line that Pat Cummins is Pat Cummins' best weapon, and the way he deployed <laughs> in that test match is uh, there were moments when the rest of the attack wasn't threatening and wasn't getting through and Cummins picked his moment, brought himself on and, and invariably struck. So yeah, it's it's the equal to any test match that he's laid down previously and, and that's true in the number of wickets but it's true in the way that he performed and he is, he's a brilliant captain uh, and you'd have to have your eyes closed not to recognise that at the moment is go back to Edgbaston and, and what he did with bat and ball there to craft victory in the first Ashes test, have a look at the, the semi-final and the final of the World Cup and then here we are, is that the unknown of Cummins was how he would be as a tactician because he captained so little, he was the world's best fast bowler at that time, is he is he is soaring on that front and he is a canny tactician with with what he's been given from the, the coaching staff, who I think suit him ideally, his instincts, and then what he also gets out on the field from the likes of Steve Smith um, clearly aids him as well. But yeah, absolute trademark moment for him in his captaincy and to do it on the biggest stage of the year. I feel like that sort of tells you everything you need to know about Pat Cummins. Yeah, yeah, I cannot argue with, with any of that and, and wholeheartedly agree. And I was just looking at his numbers the other day too, Jared. He averages a just under four and a half wickets a test. McGrath averaged four and a half and Warren um, 4.8. Lyon uh, just over four. He's going to be right up there. And who knows, if his body holds up, where he might end up on that wicket taker's table is because he's going at a very, very healthy clip. Uh, you know, only McGrath has a better average inside that top 10 than him. Sam, you've just dropped out right through that question. I got you back for the last few words. Just just give me the, the context of it. His average, only McGrath's is better. He's going at a, a, about four and a half wickets just below a test. Where he finishes his career, if his body stays healthy, is going to be extraordinary. Yeah, strike rate, I think, is the, is the one with Cummins. And yep. Dennis Lilly is a, is a great reference point. Um, and there are those who have seen all of this who have him just a hair's breadth below Lilly. At the moment, oh, I, I can clearly see a time um, late in his career where he's alongside the great Dennis for the way that he was strike. So he, he's not, the difference is he's not quite so fearsome mm. in his appearance, but he is with his bowling. <laughs> yeah. So he can con you with his, with his storybook good looks rather than uh, the way Dennis presented at the crease. But uh, the way he's bowling is, is nothing short of magnificent and mm. It threatens the batter over and over and over. Uh, and then when he can add a dash of mystery to it with uh, with the way he got the ball to seam into Baba Azam, um, the dream ball. I, I feel like I've seen the dream ball from, from Pat a dozen times already, and I reckon we'll see it a dozen more. Absolutely. Dave Warner, Jared, I've loved listening to you. I don't Grapple's probably not the right word for you, but maybe it is. You, you're a better place than I. I said, like Joni Mitchell said, we don't. We won't know what we've got till it's gone. I don't think the the person and the player so often have an impact on how we see both. 
Um, he's such a unique figure for that reason and a divisive figure in the game. His retirement announcement yesterday, the press conference, what did you make of that and, and of the player? Uh, it is a time to salute a true revolutionary mm. in the history of Test cricket. Uh, and he is irreplaceable. Uh, I think that part, that part is absolutely true. The way he has batted in all three formats, but particularly in Test cricket, which... Uh, right at the beginning, didn't really look like it was going to be his game, and yet it has been. He's brought so much to Test cricket here. His capacity to change the flow of a match uh, from his bat alone, the tempo at which he goes, what he does for the the rest of the batting lineup and for the rest of the team, is uh, we won't see at least in that. There's nobody on the horizon who is going to be this player. Uh, we may well very well go through the rest of our lifetimes without seeing another opening batter like this. Uh, and then there's a lot more to the Warner legacy, and that's where it becomes personal choice. But this is a moment to salute what has been. Australia has gone down this path, and he paid his way with the with the century in Perth. Mm. Um, and I, I loved the moment. So my uncertainty was whether the Australian public was sort of craving the, the farewell for Warner. And mm. um, there was that beautiful spontaneous moment at the MCG that the crowd themselves decided when Warner was dismissed in his second innings and deep in his disappointment, he realised what was going on and that was 44,000 people had stood to salute him. So it's much more organised, the SCG. We know what that's going to look like, but I thought the, the spontaneous vote of thanks from the MCG crowd, that was so telling. Uh, and lovely, and, and he, he gets that. He'll be chaired off at the end of this test match. Uh, he's made a, gosh, he's made a century a, a century in the opening session of a test match in Sydney against Pakistan before, so how, how amazing it would be if he reprised those deeds. The, the only surprise yesterday was that he did announce his retirement from 50-over cricket, mm. and I thought the insight that he gave is if he was coming along now, his test career would be far more compromised by the, the T20 circuits that have sprung up and the riches that are on offer. And that's a that's a salient point, that there's a cautionary tale in that, as Warner has been the trailblazer. But if he were coming along now, is one wonders what his test career might be. Well, that's a great segue into the South, the South Africa story. They're, they're going to New Zealand, Jared. It's part of a bigger issue that we think is is coming very fast for the ICC, you seem to be more concerned with Usman Kawaja's shoes and they do this issue that two established test players, seven uncapped from South Africa going to New Zealand. We know that the Indian uh, buy-in to, to T20 cricket there and the franchises that have uh, popped up, this country v club, I heard Moses Reeks talking about it last night uh, in the rain delay of the Big Bash, imploring the countries to make sure along with the ICC that we don't have a club overtaking country situation. It I think this is, I see it as something that's going to erupt and explode if something's not done. How, how are you reading that room? So this one's an interesting case study in that, so this is South Africa's choice. This is not the players going, we're taking the riches mm. of short form cricket. It's, yeah. This is the cricket board going, well, the only way we are financially viable is through the invention of our T20 competition. And thus all contracted players are required here rather than in test cricket. So they've taken the view that. Um, it's very straightforward that the Test Series against New Zealand might um, might enhance their capacity to compete in the World Test Championship, but the the greater good of South African cricket, they need the, the crowds and they need the television rights, and I think they probably have obligations to IPL owners uh, to have their players there. So it, it, this won't 
this won't repeat in many countries. It would be like if Australia said um, all of our contracted players must play the BBL rather than Test cricket. Um, so we're going to be insulated from that a little bit in this country. But yeah, the choices that are that are happening for individuals for cricket boards, we're on a path. Uh, which is irreversible and we might rail against it for a period of time, but it'll be so interesting to see where it lands. Um, and maybe the maybe the better model long-term is uh, club and then country mm. uh, as, as football has found their ground. Football doesn't have any trouble making that work. And I think back to the days of Harry Kuehl, mm. so that's, what, 25 years ago? And just how intense that was, that doesn't repeat anymore. So that got, that got solved. Um Harry had to wear the burden of, of club versus country and choosing to stay out of relatively meaningless Socceroos games to honour his contracts. Is that, that simply doesn't happen anymore. So there is a ground that um, that can be found, a safe, but it, it, it's going to look totally different. And how many nations play Test cricket, I think long-term is going to be the most interesting question. Um, that's unanswerable from this moment in time. It's It comes in a week where South Africa thrashed India and Pakistan took it to Australia, which is reassuring for the moment. Mm. But I suspect that's not really the solution long term. No, I think you're right. I think that's where we get to. But it's, if you, you either land gracefully or you crash into that space um, if, if it's not navigated properly. So that's going to be the fascinating part of how we get there um, as well as getting there. Um, before I let you go, we're, we're close to the news. But 25 days have been lost to rain in Sydney Test. The next on that list is Melbourne with nine. Um, so it is an issue um, and it looks like it's going to be again forecasted for all five days. Jared, are we getting a result in Sydney and what's the result? Um, I, I expect, uh, I expect Australia will, will finish the series in style. They need to. Um, the, the world test championship is actually far more important than the, the, the Benno Kadir trophy yes. before us at the moment. So that that's secure, but Australia needs to win all five tests at home to, to climb that World Test Championship ladder. And that is something that, um, that they they absolutely crave and, and will, they should. Uh, the weather is much better as forecast than it has been the past few years where it's a recurring nightmare to go to Sydney and, and lose hour upon hour upon hour. And last year was completely spoiled by the rain. Uh, the most interesting aspect was last year that pitch for the first time in a long time had been set up to spin, um, but we didn't get far enough into the test match to find out whether it was going to. So that, that's what I'm most looking forward to. The, the pitches in Sydney have been horrid mm. um, for, for quite some time now, and they need to do something about the character of their pitch. And if they did take it back to, to a spinning pitcher, I think most of us would love that. So, yeah, I'm really curious to see how that goes. Um Fingers crossed on the forecast. Sydney needs to put on a great test, and for Dave Warner and for for what they do with the with the pink for the McGrath Foundation, I sincerely hope that they do. Uh, we'll be tuning in tomorrow. It's been fantastic listening for the first two tests, and sure it will be for the rest of the summer. It's a big uh, summer for you. Super Bowl's not too far away uh, <laughs> as well, so get your rest where you can, uh, and we'll chat to you soon. Terrific, Sam. Enjoy. I look forward to being with you tomorrow.